What's up, podcasters? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Chief Psycho Podcast. I'm your host, JB, aka Chief Psycho himself. I'm excited to be talking about something that's a little bit more closer to my profession, which is the conversation of town acquisition and recruiting. Uh, and with me today is special guest Wendy Alderman. Uh, Wendy is a great friend of mine, uh, somebody that I really value inside of the recruiting industry. Um, she focuses on the education uh, as well as really the opportunity and ensuring that candidates and employers uh, have the safe space to really have that conversation. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the art of hiring. And Wendy, who has been a hiring manager since 2014, actually started a business on this foundation. She started her dental coaching career in the trenches. She began as a dental assistant in 2010. It was a great opportunity, but she quickly realized that there was a toxic office culture that she was embracing. After that, she went to work for a dream practice. As she progressed to receptionist and then office manager, she gained valuable insight into office culture and the importance of a good fit. She also learned how to become a leader and how truly valuable effective communication is for a business's overall success. She created the company Career Elevation to fill a void in the dental business by matching talented employees with enjoyable workplaces so both can flourish. Let's hop over to our interview with Wendy now. Welcome to the Chief Psycho Podcast, Wendy. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful sunny day. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. You know, we're hunkering down and preparing for Hurricane Hillary. That's coming to hit uh, our coast. <laughs> so uh, lots of rain, lots of wind, lots of pressure is on the rise. So we're expecting a lot of um, a lot of boat tours, I would say. <laughs> oh, to, to dock, you mean? Yeah, just to get around. <laughs> we're in like a very heavily flooded area. Um, so we're right by the river. So we get all of that overflow. So we're hunkering down for the weekend. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'll have to look at some news or something because I did not know that there was even anything coming. So I wish you guys the, the best of luck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that we had a chance to get you on the podcast. Uh, I'm so excited for you to share your story, what you've been up to these days. Uh, and before we even dive into like the nitty gritty conversation and the questions, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about yourself. You know, what inspired you to get into dentistry and the work that you're up to today and what are you up to? How are you having fun? <laughs> awesome. So to get into dentistry, it was kind of a, an interesting situation. I thought that I might be interested in being a dental assistant to follow a friend's footsteps. And I passed out with the first patient. And so oh. I don't know why I'm still here. You'd think that it would have deterred me, but I still love dentistry today. And that was back 13 years ago when that happened. So I'm, I'm really thankful that I am still in dentistry and helping all of these people. I absolutely love interviewing and helping offices to find the perfect and the right candidate. To get into the recruiting end, I had a friend of mine got let go. She was an assistant for 30 years. Clearly, she's wow. not going to have a resume. And so I made a resume. I found her 10 jobs and she was hired and she got let go on a Thursday. She got hired by Monday. So I was very, very thankful wow. that I could help her and that whole that whole situation. And uh, then I kind of switched gears to help offices hiring when I had a friend of mine who needed uh, some dental assistance. And I was very thankful that she was able to give me that first office, that first step in. And uh, I'm just so grateful for her and, and everything that she's done for me ever since. And that was just kind of the blossom of it. And now I'm working primarily with offices to find the best candidates for them. 
I love that. That's so incredible. Yeah. So share a little bit more about your organization career elevation. I think it's so cool that you're focusing not only on the recruitment piece, but you're also really championing the education part of recruiting and really the art of hiring in itself. What inspired you to become an entrepreneur and start career elevation too? Mm, I always knew when I was a kid that I wanted to have some kind of a business. So it was, I was always, it always was in my head that I wanted to do something. What would be the opportunity? And then when my friend gave me that opportunity, that's where I just kind of took it and ran and decided, you know, I can really make something here. I also do host um, continuing education and that is to help the individuals that I get placed into offices and help them to elevate themselves to be the best Mm. person that they possibly can be and also to elevate the offices and i think it's really important to bring in new and relevant information for continuing education all the time because there's there's a lot of things that have been talked about over and over and over but there's a lot of people these days that are bringing in a lot of new information to mm-hmm. to the field and those are the kind of continuing education classes that i really really love to host the things that nobody's really talking about yet, because I think that it's really important to bring in new and and very poignant information into dentistry. Absolutely. I think you're so spot on with that. There are, at at times I look at dentistry as in the education component, a little archaic because we're falling into like that traditional inherited way of thinking, always looking at how we increase patient revenue, always looking at how we increase just the revenue of the practice or the organization. But how are we going beyond that and pushing the needle forward to actually expand the capacity of the new generations that are entering dentistry too, right? Because mm-hmm. we're now in the in the position where we're taking over the reins from some of our legacy leaders that have been championing these messages, championing these conversations. But you're so right. There is so much newness to our conversations on a daily basis from the point of interviewing to looking at technology to now all this AI stuff that's out in the world, right? Like it's crazy. So I'd love to hear from you as you've really been entrenched in the world of recruiting for a long time. You, you're you're a staple leader in this in this field. So I love that. Um, but what would you feel is one of the most important aspects of the hiring process when you're starting that initial conversation with someone? So for the entirety of the process, if that is for the individual that is searching for an office or if that's the office that is searching for a candidate, I think the most important thing is organization. Because if you are a candidate and you've applied to 20 different jobs that you think could potentially fit what you're looking for, um, that is, it's important for you to pay attention to who you have spoken to and not ask the exact same questions in in the cuz we do a phone interview a zoom interview and then they go to the office so that they're not asking the same questions they don't have to to clarify all of this all of the same things in between interviews and so writing things down for for both sides i think is so important and then for the office where uh, I've heard time after time again, where where candidates will ask me, you know, are you going to tell me yes or no? Uh, even if it's a no, are you still going to tell me? Because I keep hearing, you know, oh, I'll get back with you within a week, and then they they tell me that they don't hear anything back, and I'm like. Oh. Mm-hmm. My heart breaks for that. So I have everything in a document of, you know, where we're at with a candidate. Have we done the phone interview? What's the date and time? We have all of the documentation in, in Google Drive so that the offices can follow along. And I think it's so important that if there's, especially, let's say, 
an office manager that is going through the hiring process and then the doctor needing to read through notes, that there's one place and not a paper, not a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I think it's really got to be in online someplace that um, it's all in one area. And I think organization is probably the key, the key thing, the key point that offices really need to be doing that it seems like a lot of people are lacking. Yeah. I think that that is so great. I love that you focus on the organization piece because that will build out the overarching plan, right? Like how are we successfully bringing in talent, attracting talent, creating the opportunity within the organization in itself? And are we organized enough to actually get this person in and are they going to be successful, right? Um, and then your vetting process, I love that because that allows you to stand for your client and stand for the candidate because we know it's a people sales game, but we also need to make sure we're selling the right person <laughs> and sometimes the right opportunity, right? So I love that. I love that you're focusing on the organization because as we start elevating more of those skill sets, I think you start finding that also within the people. And then the client itself starts appreciating that more. And it's not this like, okay, great, we have a recruiter in place and then they're just going to bring me people. No, you're actually engulfed in the values and the mission and understanding that commitment that practice holds in order to effectively find the right person. Love it. That's so beautiful. So when you're in some of these interviews, what are some of your favorite interview questions to ask from both sides? Like interviewing the client to make sure they, you're, they're a good fit for you and then interviewing the candidate to make sure they're good for the client. <laughs> So my favorite question to ask in an interview, and it's usually in the Zoom interview so the office can see it, is if money, time, and education was not a factor, you could do anything in the world, if it was a real job or a fake job, what would you do? And one of my favorite answers that I ever got was I would be on an island in a hammock petting kittens. And then she, of course, joked about it because she's like, you know, that's not realistic, but how fun would that be is just to like hang out with little kitties all day. And, yeah. and then she told me like, you know, this is what I, this is what I actually want. But um, it's fun to then just kind of be a little sarcastic and just kind of play around a little bit. Um, some of the, the questions from candidates that I really love to hear is, is there room for growth? And what does that look like with your company? Um, so some of these questions that I'm going to ask or that I'm going to say, they uh, I can't necessarily answer them exactly for the office, but I have engulfed myself enough to be able to at least touch on all of these answers. But I always tell them, you ask these questions and to the office themselves, and you're going to get major bonus points because they are very, very good questions to ask. Um, another one that's kind of similar is how is success measured in this role? Mm -hmm. And I mean, as a candidate, if you're asking some of these questions and the office doesn't really have an answer, is that an office that you really want to be in? Are they even organized? That's the yeah. kind of the kind of office that is going to say, I don't really know how success is man is is measured in this role. Um, and, you know, what's your definition of work-life balance? But then also mm. elaborating. So is your office a seven to seven office six days a week? Because that is very important to make sure that you have good work-life balance when you have hours like that. And as a candidate, kind of explaining again after you ask the question of the fact, you know, that you're not going to be the person to take all this time off, but still making sure that they're not going to text you every 30 minutes after hours because that's your time away from the practice. You know, they can text every now and again, but 
every 30 minutes is not, is not a comfortable feeling for, for employees. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And then the very last one that I absolutely love is, do you have any hesitations for me joining on or, or fitting into this role or, or going into the next step? Um, that I think is, is a really good question to ask. And I wish that more people would ask it. Mm. Those are my, those are my top questions that I like candidates to ask. I love that. I feel like there's a lot more intentionality behind some of those loaded questions, yeah. right? Like they're prepared, they're coming in, they're actually interested in the role. And I find it so fascinating. I love the first question that you asked to you, like the whole kitty in the hammock thing. I think that's oh, yeah. great because it shows how like creative and, and shows your personality, like how fun and quirky can they be beyond like the suit and tie profession, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that is so cool. But I think you're spot on as far as like going through and making sure that these candidates are prepared because that just shows the level of intention that they have inside of looking for their next career opportunity. And knowing and now actually bridging that connection between the organization of the organization <laughs> and then yeah. the actual questions and the skill set of the person, that's such a great clarifier because if we don't know what the KPIs are, how can we actually measure the success of this person and eloquently and appropriately edify the office that's saying, yes, when you hit X, you're going to be at X percentage in, in goals or whatever revenue goals that you might have, right? I just think that's so good to know because it just shows the office that this person is actually serious. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times that I've even been in conversations where yeah. the candidate is just not, has no questions. And usually uh -huh. when there's no questions, I'm like, ah. Okay, well, thank you for that. <laughs> and yeah. I want to have you show up a little stronger, harder, because it's not, again, people sales. It's not just us. It's making sure that they're the right person for the right opportunity. So I love that. Mm -hmm. So speaking of um, some showing up for the interviews, uh, I imagine that you've seen a lot of no-shows recently. I, I can speak from my experience. I don't know what the hell is going on in the world right now, <laughs> but people are applying and then they don't show up to either the working interview or the first initial screening. What are some ways that you're doing to help reduce some of those no-shows? Yeah. So I am in some groups with other recruiters and I was very curious to see what other people's percentage was for no-show rate. And I, I had counted up because we had an extremely full schedule and I had counted to see what our no-show rate was. And it was about like 10%. I think we hover between 10 and 15%. Um, these other recruiters were saying that they had 50 to 70% no-show rate. And I was mm. like, just aghast. I'm like, how do you even have a schedule when it's like that? So um, some things that I do is I give them the opportunity. I give the candidates the opportunity to text. 90% um, of people would rather text anyways. And uh, if they don't want to text and they only want to talk on the phone, that also kind of shows that, you know, uh, are you willing to be a little bit flexible? with with mm. the way that you are are looking to to uh, get into an office because if you can only talk on the phone for example are you not willing to learn or grow or, or do something to help both sides? Um, obviously, we are happy to talk on the phone, but texting works a little bit better because we're we're constantly on the phone with candidates. Um, so we we do a lot of texting and it's a cell phone so they can it's it's not the office and we tell them that ahead of time um we also make videos for each office yeah. explaining you know the the position the office the benefits so that 
the candidate is very interested ahead of time. And we also text them that video. So then they can watch the video. They are well-informed and it also saves us as you know recruiters. It saves us time too. So that we don't have to go through all of that. So yeah. after they watch the video, they're very interested and they want us, they want, we want to keep them interested. We text them ahead of time to remind them of their appointment, either the day of, or the day before, depending on what time of day it is. And, uh, you know, if we have time in our schedule to move up, we, we let them know ahead of time, like, Hey, you know, I might have a little bit of time before yours. Um, do you mind if I talk to you early? And just being very intentional because I think it's it's important to teach the or to to talk to the candidates like they're our patient. We want to we want to mm. treat our patients like they are worth a million dollars, right? And right. and I think that's that's the way that we should be talking to candidates versus you know, oh sorry, I didn't get all my stuff together yet, and you know let me right. let me get your resume, let me print it off, let me get my questions. Being prepared ahead of time, I think, also makes a humongous difference once you're in the phone interview that they're not having to wait, that you're calling them exactly when you tell them that you're going to call, and and being very interested in them, almost kind of showing them like, we think that you're number one and, right. and you're really important to us. So we've got our, we've got our poop in a scoop. <laughs> we <laughs> want to make sure that you know that we are, that we're going to be the number one office that you pick because yeah. you, you know, as a candidate, they also are going to have probably 20 or 30 interviews before they find the right office. So sure. I think it's important to, to teach them like they're gold and, um, and show them that. I love that. I think what's so great about what I heard inside of what you just shared, Wendy, is we can be flexible in the process, but firm in the procedure. And that's utilizing the omni-channel ways of communicating these days. People are looking at their phones constantly. These things buzz all day long, right? And if you have the watch or the AirPods, it's beeping left and right. And God forbid if you have an Apple product, right? Everything's going off. Um, but I love that because again, it's showcasing the interest. It's allowing the person to be seen and be interacted and contacted through various forms, because I've spoken to even some recruiters who are like, nope, this is what we do. And if they don't respond and they don't show up, that's on them. Yeah. Totally understand. And it's not about us. It's about the client that we're serving. It's about the void that we're looking to fill, not with just a random person that can fill a hot seat but with the right person that can grow within the team and grow the team in the future, of course. Mm -hmm. So I love that. That's awesome, Wendy. I think that's so cool. And I think more recruiters should be following your footsteps in the instance of actually edifying the doctor, edifying the practice, edifying the candidate. Like that is just so powerful because you're right. We are a people-driven industry, right? Whether you're a patient, whether you're the provider, whether you're a new team member joining an office, it's all inside of that centered care and that's for each other. So I love that. I know we're coming up to the end of our hour, but I have one more question for you. With the amount of changes that have been going on inside of recruiting, what do you foresee the future of recruiting in dentistry as? Mm, interesting question. The future of recruiting. I think that uh, you probably know that um, there is a percentage going around that probably about 80% of private practices are going to be sold to corporate in mm -hmm. by, I think, 24 or 25. And so I think in order to keep us relevant, that individual private practices need to make sure that they are high tech, that somebody uh, coming off the street is is actually interested in their office. And what do you have 
of interest to those candidates. Obviously, mm. you know, once we have 80% of our offices are going to be corporate, not everybody wants to go corporate and that's totally okay. It's not, it's not for everybody. Net private practice isn't for everybody either, but I think it's important to, to pay attention to what corporate offices are doing and how they are recruiting and also being willing to change the ways that the, the ways that you are bringing people in. I talked to so many offices that um, they just set up interviews for the person to come in. But think about, you know, the, the amount of drive time for them to get into the office and you're not even allowing wow. them to ask questions in a, even in a phone interview. Um, yeah. They they'd like to be able to have more, more of an interaction. So those videos are super helpful too. That's another thing that I think a lot of people are probably going to be going to is creating office videos. Um, if I was good at editing, editing, I would also <laughs> like have the office do like a walkthrough and put that into the video, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Maybe someday I might be, but yeah. then allowing the candidate to be able to see what they're going to step into. And maybe mm -hmm. even um, depending on how interested they are, might have another video that would say something along along the lines of this is what your position could look like. Um, and just saying like in the day of this is what it would be like, because every office is so drastically different, um, even if it's the same position, like if it's a receptionist or if it's a dental assistant or an office manager or hygienist, it's different for every single office you're going to go into. So showcasing before the candidate even starts at your practice, because it's a big step. Um, I think yeah. that those are those are some points that hopefully private practices or even corporate practices will start to implement in the near future. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you're even focusing on the, the marketing component that's necessary because you're right. Many of us go to social media. Many of us look at other avenues to even ensure that that's the right opportunity for us, like you mentioned earlier. And having that now be another way of looking at things and then also ensuring that there continues to be relevance in our profession, because there is, right? Even inside of creating recruitment departments or TA departments within these corporate entities, there's still that level of efficacy that's necessary, that in-depth understanding. It's it's one thing just to kind of come up and roll up to your desk one day and say, hey, I'm a recruiter, but th there's more beyond that, right? There's more beyond just the title or the actions that come with it. It's that continuous improvement approach that's always there to ensure that one, the opportunity is right, candidate's right, and you're serving everyone. So I love that, Wendy. I think that's awesome. So Wendy, give me some last moments of inspiration and how can people find you? If people are looking for people, how can they get in contact with you to have you recruit for their teams and how can they follow along your journey? Awesome. My Facebook page is probably the most active. You can find me on my, my business Facebook page or my personal. Um, I am absolutely happy to give that information to you. You can find me on my website as well, which is careerelevationce.com. Uh, you can always send me a text message or give me a call. Remember, I might be on the phone, so uh, texting is a little bit better for me, but I'm always willing to answer if I am free. And the number that you can reach me, reach me at is 618-300-7101. And... I am so thankful that there are offices willing to work with recruiters and help them through the hiring process to get the best results that they possibly can. You know, nobody's really taught to, to do interviewing and I love to be able to help the offices so that in the future, they don't have to utilize my services. Of course, I want them to, but that they don't have to, you know, teach a man to fish type of thing. So 
Amazing. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining this week's episode, Wendy. I really appreciate you. Kudos to all the great work that you're doing in your industry and across this across this world of dentistry that we get to live in together across the country. So I love it. Really appreciate you. I hope you had some fun. I hope you're going to enjoy your week ahead. <laughs> Find some <You>. more people. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.